Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Tonight we're starting a series called Faith. And over the next couple of weeks, I hope you join us over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about how to live a real life in a fake world. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that you've met some fake people before. <laughs> I've met plenty, and if you need some fake people, I can give some to you. And uh, <laughs> tonight, I really want to be as open as I can be with my life. Let me tell you a little bit of my story. I, I grew up as a Christian. I grew up... And, uh, and it seems like I was at the church all the time. Like, Christian people were a part of my life. But then uh, I found out later on in life that I had a drug problem. And it wasn't the drug problem that you're talking about, that you're probably thinking about in your head. I got drugged to church all the time. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was a constant thing. It was like we're, we're, every time the doors were open, we were at church. And I don't know if you know some people like this. But um, I was one of those people who, at church, I was I got used to God. I got used to Jesus. I got used to the worship. I was fluent in Christianese. Maybe you know somebody who speaks Christianese. If you don't know it, Christianese is the language of Christians. Uh, it's like, God bless you. God bless you. And uh, well, we're so glad that you're here. You know, they put on their fake face whenever you walk in the door. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I saw you today. Come on in. Bless your heart. I... I Bless your heart. I, anyway, that's a whole other topic. But um, there, I was fluent in Christianese. I could say the right things. I I got to. I I was the one that like in high school that they'd ask to pray before stuff because you know that's just what you do and uh, you know and, and all, all that stuff. I was fluent in that Christianese. But then something happened to me. I realized something about myself. I realized that I was living a very fake life. And the problem is, is that I found out that the Bible has a lot to say about fake people. In fact, the Bible is really clear about fake people, specifically in our day and age. I want to show you a verse what the Bible has to say. Um, this is this is in First Timothy, and it's Paul writing. This is there, there's a guy named Paul. He's writing to Timothy, who's a young man, who is probably a teenager. And Paul wrote to Timothy way back when, but I believe that it's still relevant for us today. Would you throw that verse up on the screen? It's in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, But understand this, that in the last days there will be that there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud. Do you know anybody that's a lover of self? <laughs> Check. Lovers of money? Check. Proud? Check. Arrogant? Check. Abusive? Check. Disobedient to your parents? Uh-oh, kids. Check. Ungrateful? Check. Unholy? Check. Heartless? Check. Unappeasable? Check. Slanderous? Check. Without self-control? There's a lot of people like that. Check. Uh, brutal? Check. Not loving of good? Check. Treacherous? Check. Reckless? Drivers? Check. Uh, swollen with conceit? Check. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Oh my goodness. We don't want to talk about that in church. Check. Um, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Paul tells Timothy to avoid such people. Having the appearance of godliness, 
but denying its power. Paul says that in the final days, there's going to be a lot of people who appear godly. There's going to be a lot of people who play the Christian game. They go to church. You might know them. They go to church. They wear the Christian t-shirts. They post the Christian post on Facebook. They share the Christian post, whatever it might be. But Paul says in this verse that there's going to be a lot of fake people. I really believe that in this day of age, there's a lot of fake people. We live next to them. People who do all the Christian stuff. But let me tell you, that when you're a fake Christian, it leads you to nowhere you want to be. It leads you to nowhere you need to be. I want to illustrate this to you, and so tonight, maybe you notice that I am standing in front of four different chairs. I'm going to try to illustrate this to you as creative as I can. Um, in fact, I'm going to number off these chairs. There's nothing fancy. But if you would all, this is chair number one. Everyone to say one. Oh, did I? I got some fours. I, that was one. Ready? Ready? One. There we go. All right, you guys aren't confused. One, two, three, four. You guys are good. You passed kindergarten. That's great. Um, <laughs> I. But listen, everybody tonight, each one of these chairs fits where you are perfectly. I believe it fits exactly where you are. And just so you know that by the end of the night, I want you to be in chair number one. I have a hope for everybody to live their life in chair number one. Let me tell you a little bit about chair number one. Chair number one, this person in chair number one is the opposite of faith. This person is a real Christian. This person loves the Lord. But here's the deal. They're not perfect. Because if you're a real Christian, you know you don't have to be perfect. You're not perfect, but they live their life in a way that demands explanation. A real Christian lives their life in a way that should demand an explanation. What am I talking about? If you follow this person everywhere, you would need an explanation for the things that they do. You would need an explanation for the way that they spend their money, the way that they spend their time, the way that they talk, the way that they talk. You would need an explanation. In fact, Jesus says this. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You don't obey Jesus because you have to. Listen, if you've, if you've lived the Christian life and you've tried to obey Jesus because you were forced to, you've got the wrong type of Jesus. You don't obey Jesus because you have to. You obey Jesus because you love him. That's the difference. It's just like your spouse. You'll do some different things for your spouse that you wouldn't do for anybody else. Right? I, I hope you do, at least. Because you love them, right? You love your spouse. Or maybe it's, maybe it's just a significant other, whatever it might be. But you do things because you love them, just, just like Jesus. When you really love Jesus, you do things because you love him, not because you're supposed to. Not because you're forced to do that. You see... People say that they're Christians, but their life does not demand an explanation. If you want to know if you're sitting in this chair, I want you to look at this verse. This verse comes from 1 Timothy 3.12. It says this, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, 
If you have suffered persecution, you might be in chair number one. What am I talking about? I'm not talking about like you didn't get your head chopped off or didn't get crucified or like stoned or whatever that is. No. We live in the United States and it's pretty easy to be a Christian. But maybe, maybe you were persecuted by the way that you talk. Maybe you don't go to all the parties that everybody else went to. So you get made fun of because you date differently, you speak differently, you laugh at different kinds of jokes, you don't lie or gossip. You see, chair number one is what a lot of people would call a radical Christian. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, radical Christian. This is what we would call a radical Christian. Let me tell you that this chair did not make up that phrase. Neither did the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say there will be Christians and then there will be radical Christians. It's not in there. So where in the world did the phrase radical Christian come from? Let me introduce you to chair number two. If you're sitting in chair number two tonight, which I believe a lot of us are sitting in chair number two, chair number two, if you died tonight, you would go to heaven. This person is a Christian, but they've gotten used to God. This person is a Christian, but they've been to church before. They've gotten used to the Christian game. You see, this person in chair number two believes that church is just an option. And there was another point in their life. Here's how you know if you're sitting in chair number two. There was another point in your life where they loved Jesus more than they do right now. There was a point that they loved Jesus more than they do right now. Maybe it was last year. Maybe they loved Jesus while they were going to church regularly. Maybe they were loving Jesus before the boyfriend. Maybe they loved Jesus more before the girlfriend. Maybe they loved Jesus more before they started partying. Whatever it might be. Chair number two. They came up with the phrase radical Christian for chair number one. You see... This person makes fun of real Christians because this person can do all of the same things as everybody else. They can go to the party. They can smoke. They can hook up. This chair, it says, the Bible says about this chair that they forgot their first love. They forgot about Jesus. They forgot about the Bible. And let me just pause for a minute. When I thought about this, I thought this is exactly where I was sitting. A couple years ago, I realized that I was sitting in chair number two. I realized that I had some things in my life that I had just gotten used to. I had what I called pet sins in my life. What am I talking about? Things that I thought I could manage. That I could play the Christian game, but I could manage this sin over here. And as long as I could manage this sin, I would be okay, and I could still play the Christian game. Let me tell you that you cannot manage sin. 
You can't manage sin in your life. You know why? Because sin wants to destroy you. Sin will do everything in its power to come into your life and destroy your life. So if you think that little thing that you've got on the side is just okay, and nobody's ever going to find out about it, nobody's ever going to hear about this, you know, as long as we keep it just between me and you, nobody will know. Listen, no, 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 no. That's not the way sin works. Sin wants to destroy your life. It'll do everything it can to get into your life and destroy you. And so that's chair number two. Chair number two is a Christian, but not really. I call this chair the fake Christian. But let me introduce you to chair number three. Chair number three is not a Christian. If chair number three, the person sitting in chair number three, would die tonight, they would spend eternity apart from God. But here's what chair number three is. Chair number three is familiar with the Christian phrases and even familiar with the Christian behavior. You may know some people in the, in your life like this. Or maybe you are in your life and, th- and this is what, this is what you think about people. Is that you're familiar with the Christian game. You've seen Christians before. Maybe you've even been to church. And you know where you can really, really find this person? I don't know if anybody else notices this. But when a tragedy happens, like when a tragedy happens in the community or or in a school or whatever it might be, that all of a sudden maybe a tragedy happens and somebody dies out of it. All of a sudden Facebook lights up. And it says... There's posts that say something like this, like, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you and your family. Our thoughts and our prayers are with you. They even say stuff like this. God gained another angel in heaven today. Now here's the problem. Do you really know that? Do you really believe that? And listen, nobody wants to talk about this stuff. Nobody wants to talk about the real stuff like... If you're sitting in chair number three and you're not a Christian, nobody wants to talk about, do you really believe that? Listen, chair number three, they have a real struggle. Why? Because chair number three does the same things as chair number two. Chair number three and chair number two, they're basically the same people. They talk the same. They hang out at the same type of parties. They date the same They cuss the same. And the difference between chair number two and chair number three is that chair number two has met Jesus. Chair number two knows who Jesus is. But chair number three has not met Jesus. Chair number two feels conviction for their sin. But chair number three has not met Jesus. And so... I know that might all just be like, okay, you're telling me about three different chairs here. Let me tell you about chair number four. This is why this concerns me. Let me introduce you to you, chair number four. Chair number four is not a Christian. But chair number four knows that there is an eternity. In fact, the Bible talks about this. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that eternity is in the heart of every human. So even atheists, everybody, everybody knows that there's an eternity. But people just keep searching for it. Maybe tonight you're searching for an eternity. You don't know where it is. 
Maybe you've tried to fill your eternity up with things on earth. Maybe you thought, if I could just get that person to love me, then everything else would work out. And then that person loved you, and then nothing worked out. That's what happens. Eternity is in the heart of every person. We just don't know where to find it. And so chair number four, they are searching for an eternity. They're constantly looking for an eternity. You see, they know that there's more to life, and they're searching for something more. Chair number four people spend a lot of time looking at chair number two and chair number three people. Here's what happens. Chair number four, they look and evaluate chair number two and chair number three. And they're constantly looking in their lives. And they know that chair number two says that they're a Christian. So when chair number four looks at these people's lives, they know that chair number two says that there's a, that they're a Christian. But they know that chair number three says they're not a Christian. And so when chair number four looks and evaluates into these people's lives, and they see that chair number two is a Christian and chair number four is not a Christian, but they realize that they're basically the same people, what scares me, what scares me is that if chair number four is considering Jesus, and they look at chair number two, and they see that chair number two believes in Jesus, but is the exact same person as chair number three, then what is the point? Why? Because if chair number four looks at chair number two's lives, all he thinks is that Jesus stuff, it's fake. Why do I need Jesus in my life if chair number two acts the same way as chair number three? Because obviously, nothing changed when this guy met Jesus. Nothing changed. And so that's what scares me. Is that if chair number four is considering Jesus, he'll reconsider because of the fake life that chair number two leads. You see, we're meant to live life in chair number one. We're meant to live life on purpose in chair number one. This is where we're supposed to be. And we can't get used to Jesus. We can't get used to Jesus. And that's what this series is all about. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about how to get rid of the fake in your life. Part of that might be getting rid of some fake people in your life. Might be getting rid of some fake things in your life. But that's what this series is going to be all about. But I have to ask you tonight, that if you're honest with yourself tonight, where do you sit? Where do you sit? Which chair are you sitting in tonight? Are you a real Christian? And I'm not doubting that there's... Not real Christians in here. But are you a real Christian? Does your life demand an explanation? Are you sitting right here in chair number two? And do you just say that you're a Christian when you go to church? Was there another point in your life where you love Jesus more than what you do right now? But you might be sitting in chair number three. Maybe you haven't met Jesus. 
Maybe you've been to church before and it just didn't work. And something didn't work with you and Jesus and that whole thing. And, and you hang around with a lot of chair number two people that say that they're a Christian. Let me tell you, let me open your eyes tonight, that there are actually real Christians out there. Maybe you've just been hanging out with the wrong type of Christians. Or maybe you're all the way over here in chair number four. And you know that there is an eternity. You know that you're made for something more. And you just haven't been able to figure it out. Let me show you chair number one. Let me show you what a real Christian looks like. I want you to know this tonight, that as I close, that God has made a way for everyone. God has made a way for everyone. So no matter where you sit tonight, God has made a way for you to become a real Christian. No matter where you're at. I'm going to invite the band to join me up here. But I want you to know that wherever you are, Jesus is a better forgiver than you are a sinner. I want to say that one more time. Jesus is a better forgiver than you are a sinner. Jesus wants to forgive you. There's nothing you can do to be so far out from Jesus. And the cool thing about our God is that He can meet you right where you're at. Right in the middle of your tough situation. He knows where you are. In fact, He knows you better than you know yourself. And so He knows right where you are. And He knows your situation. And so if tonight, I wonder if you would just let God step into your life. And say that a breakthrough is coming. And that I'm ready to receive it. And I'm tired of living in chair number four. And I'm tired of living in chair number two. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I'm living in chair number two. And I'm acting just like that sinner next to me. And I'm ready to lay it all down. And I'm ready to be a real Christian tonight. Maybe you need to accept the real Jesus tonight. Maybe it's time for you to accept a real Jesus. Or maybe tonight you sit in chair number three. And tonight you've seen the fake stuff. And you say that I want no more of that fake stuff. I'm done with the fake Christian stuff. I'm done with hanging out with these fake people who claim they know God and claim they know Jesus. And I'm ready to sit in chair number one tonight. Or maybe tonight you came in here and you didn't even know who God was. Let me tell you that that eternity that you've been trying to put in your husband or your wife or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or that job, or that relationship, whatever it is, it's not found in anything that you can find here. It's found in Jesus. And it's found in meeting the real Jesus. And so tonight, I wonder if you'd let Jesus step into your life. And I wonder if you would let Him forgive you and take control of your life. Listen, it's not that hard. All you have to do is say a simple prayer. We're going to pray that prayer in just a minute. But what I want you to know is that before we leave tonight, I want you to know that I want you to be authentic. You don't have to be perfect, but it does require you to be real. And so I wonder tonight, if you would take the mask off, and I wonder tonight if you would just decide that I'm going to lay it down, and I would rather be authentic and I'd rather be true about where I am. And maybe tonight you've realized that you don't have to be perfect. 
God never called you to live a perfect life. God called you to be authentic. God called you to be real with Him. So I wonder tonight, maybe that's your next step. I decided a long time ago that I want to live a life that demands an explanation. I want to live a life that no man can take credit for. What am I talking about? When I die, I want people to look at my life and say, there's no way Noah could have done that. It had to be God. It had to be God. There's no way a man could have done that. It had to be God. Tonight, I wonder if you're sitting in one of these chairs. Tonight, I wonder if it's your night to meet the real Jesus. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Tonight, if it's your night, and you say, I'm done living a fake life. I'm going to turn from my ways and I want to meet the real Jesus. Tonight, if, if, if it's your night, all I'm going to ask you to do is pray this prayer with me. All this prayer says is that, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. Give me the Holy Spirit. So tonight, because we all believe this in this room, I wonder if you would all just say this after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you all the fake things. I'm laying the mask down. I want to live a life that no man can take credit for. Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. Come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.